Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kimberly, host of the Start Me Up podcast. If you like your politics with some loose talk and salty language, you're going to love my show. I interview the coolest people like Mary Trump, Kathy Griffin, and DNC chair Jamie Harrison. The Start Me Up podcast has an easygoing, casual style and a strong emphasis on left-leaning politics. We also have frank discussions about sex and more than a few spirited rants. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup or wherever you get your podcasts and start listening today. Get ready, friends, because we're going to talk about Donald Trump, Kellyanne Conway, Rudy Giuliani, and presidential pardons. What could possibly go wrong? Let's talk about that, because justice matters. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. So once again, we need to turn our attention to pardons. And we're going to try to have some fun with the topic today, but that fun may come at the expense of justice because we're going to be talking about Donald Trump, Kellyanne Conway, Rudy Giuliani, and any conversation involving that hat trick of ne'er-do-wells will come at the expense of justice. But Kellyanne Conway has just authored and is out hawking a book. Here is a headline that appeared in the Washington Post in an article written by Ashley Parker regarding Kellyanne's new book. Headline, in a new book, Kellyanne Conway takes aim at many targets except Trump. And friends, not only does Kellyanne Conway decline to take aim at Trump, to talk honestly, openly, candidly about what Donald Trump did? Kellyanne Conway in her book claims that Donald Trump is a feminist. Here is how author Ashley Parker puts it. Conway depicts Trump as a feminist. A feminist. I said it three times because it's not easy to absorb that word when somebody makes that observation about Donald Trump. But what that clearly highlights is that Kellyanne's book is a work of fiction. Or, given that Kellyanne Conway is the author, perhaps it's a book of alternative facts. But here is what I found to be most interesting in Ashley Parker's, what I would loosely call, book review of Kellyanne Conway's new book. It has to do with pardons. In the waning days of his presidency, Conway also writes that, during a discussion with Trump on pardons and clemency, he turned to her and asked, do you want one? Do you know something I don't? Kellyanne asked Trump. She writes, 
why would I need a pardon? Trump's answer, because they go after everyone, honey. It doesn't matter, Trump replied, according to the book. I politely declined, she concludes. So we're going to assume, for the sake of this discussion, that Kellyanne Conway was reporting that truthfully, accurately, that it wasn't alternative facts. So Donald Trump, unsolicited, offered Kellyanne Conway a blanket pardon for any and all crimes, and she said she declined. But friends, what does that tell you? Do you think there is a chance in the world that Donald Trump did not give a blanket pardon to Lil Donnie Jr., to Ivanka, to Jared, to Rudy? Do you believe that Donald Trump was sort of circumspect and cautious enough that he's offering an unsolicited blanket pardon to Kellyanne Conway, but not giving them out to his own close friends, associates, family members, lawyers, and former lawyers? If you believe that, I would bet Donald Trump would be willing to sell you any number of New York City bridges. He'd probably throw in a couple of tunnels to boot. So now knowing that Donald Trump was apparently just offering up pardons to anybody who might want one or need one, at the end of his presidency, let's turn to some really interesting reporting today by Hugo Lowell of The Guardian in a story about Rudy Giuliani's testimony before the J6 committee on Friday, because he testified for nine hours, and I, quite frankly, was pretty darn surprised that he testified for nine hours. I just assumed he would invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Let's look at Hugo Lowell's reporting. Headline, Rudy Giuliani stonewalls capital attack investigations during lengthy deposition. And that article begins, Donald Trump's one-time attorney, Rudy Giuliani, testified to the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th capital attack at length on Friday but declined to discuss the involvement of congressional Republicans in efforts to overturn the 2020 election results, according to two sources familiar with the matter. And Hugo Lowell, who has done some excellent reporting on all things J6, and I'll put a link to his article as well as Ashley Parker's article in the description for this video, Hugo Lowell's article goes on to talk about some of what he learned about Rudy Giuliani's appearance, like he was apparently invoking some privileges like work product privilege, which may or may not apply to some of what he did. Uh, he may have invoked an attorney-client privilege, and frankly, uh, when he was privately advising Donald Trump in an attorney-client capacity and they were not doing crime together, talking about doing crime together, conspiring to do crime together, well, then he would have some attorney-client privilege with respect to communications that didn't involve fraud or crimes, such that the crime-fraud exception would overtake 
the um, attorney-client privilege. But here's what it does not say in that article. And based on the public reporting and, and some information that's not necessarily public, it looks like Rudy Giuliani did not invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination in the nine hours he was in front of the J6 committee. We don't know it for certain, but I think it's a safe inference to draw from everything we do know. And we're going to use that as our leaping off point for the discussion of the interplay between pardons, testimony, and the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. So friends, I'm going to try to make this as digestible as possible, but I have to admit, I'm struggling to kind of digest it all, assimilate it all myself, because we're on this roller coaster of legal entanglements and factual uncertainties and unanswered questions by any courts about the, the nature and the scope and the breadth of presidential pardons. But we're going to do some team justice sleuthing. We're going to put on our, our Sherlock Holmes caps because criminal activity is afoot. So let's assume Donald Trump gave out pardons like candy or like Oprah giving away cars. You get a pardon, you get a pardon, everybody gets a pardon. But according to Kellyanne Conway, when she was offered her pardon, unsolicited, blanket pardon, she said, no thank you. You think Rudy said no thank you? Come on now, you know Rudy accepted a pardon. And it's not even a question with Lil Donnie Jr. and Ivanka and Jared, they were probably all lined up with their hands out, waiting to receive their pardons. So, let's assume Rudy Giuliani has a pardon. He went into the J6 committee hearing on Friday and testified for nine hours and never pled the fifth, never invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, which would be really curious if he didn't have a pardon. You know why? Because we all know Rudy Giuliani is under criminal investigation by the Department of Justice, specifically, at a minimum, the Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney's Office. Because remember, about a year ago now, a federal judge issued a search warrant for Rudy Giuliani's electronic devices after finding there was probable cause to believe Rudy's electronic devices had evidence of crime contained in them. So we know Rudy Giuliani has a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. And he was being investigated for his conduct working for, working on the behalf, on behalf of Donald Trump. So if he was then hauled into the J6 committee and asked questions about what he did with and for and on the behalf of and at the request of Donald Trump, He's got a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination all day long. So I would expect he would have walked in there and said, I plead the Fifth, and he would have been excused because he has, he would have, a viable claim to his Fifth Amendment protections. However, he didn't do that. Based on all available reporting, never pled the Fifth. What does that tell you? It tells you he probably has a pardon. Now, stick with me, friends. This is not intuitive. 
When you are delivered a pardon by the president, that extinguishes your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. It evaporates. It no longer applies. Why? Because you can't incriminate yourself. If you have a pardon, your truthful testimony can't be used against you. And the Fifth Amendment says, if your truthful testimony would incriminate you, you have a constitutional right under the Fifth Amendment to refuse to testify. But when that pardon is delivered, you no longer have a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination that you are allowed to invoke either before Congress or in the grand jury or in a court of law. Now, I don't want to get sidetracked on whether there are still state offenses because a presidential pardon does not extinguish your Fifth Amendment right for purposes of any state crimes you may have committed. I'm going to touch on that toward the end of the video. But for federal crimes, you no longer have a Fifth Amendment right that you can plead. So here's the tricky part. If Rudy Giuliani has a pardon and he went in to the J6 committee last Friday and he pled the fifth, he said, I am not going to answer that question on advice of counsel. I'm going to invoke my Fifth Amendment constitutional right against self-incrimination. He would be committing a fraud because he wouldn't have a Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination if he was in receipt of a presidential pocket pardon. I hope I explained that in a way that was digestible. As I say, I'm still struggling on this legal roller coaster to figure out how it all fits in, knowing that you know we don't know what we don't know, but we're trying to read the data points. And with Kellyanne Conway saying Donald Trump was willing to toss her a pardon, and because that leads to the reasonable inference that he clearly gave pardons to his friends and family members and attorneys and prior attorneys, and they probably willingly accepted them, you couple that data point with Giuliani not even bothering to invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination in the J6 committee over the course of nine hours when we know he's being investigated by the Department of Justice, he probably knew he had nothing to fear because he had a presidential pardon in his back pocket. And if you claim a Fifth Amendment right when you don't have one, that's a little thing we call obstructing an official proceeding, which is perhaps why, you know, Rudy could not let pass through his lips during those nine hours. I plead the fifth. That would have been a fraud, and that would have been an offense, potentially, obstructing an official proceeding, the congressional investigation into the insurrection. I feel like I've done a poor job explaining that all, friends, but I hope you were able to sort of follow the bouncing ball of justice or, in Rudy's case, injustice. And now we're going to finish up on another topic. Um, we're going to do a quick hit on the ins and outs of presidential pardons, what they mean and what they don't mean. So first of all, there's no two ways about it. The presidential pardon power is very broad. In fact, the Constitution provides, the president shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. 
So there are not a lot of qualifiers or limitations in the Constitution itself on the pardon power. There really are only two. One, except in cases of impeachment. And that just means if somebody is impeached and convicted in the Senate and removed from office, the president can't use a pardon to negate or to wipe away that impeachment. It doesn't apply to impeachments. And two, it has to involve offenses against the United States. That simply means that the president has the power to pardon people for federal crimes, but not state crimes. So some of the other um, do's and don'ts, ins and outs of presidential pardons. It applies to criminal cases, not civil cases. It can be a blanket pardon. That just means a president can say, I hereby pardon you for anything you did between the following dates. Remember, that's what Gerald Ford did for Richard Nixon. Part of why we find ourselves in this mess today. You know, I've always contended you can draw a straight line between Nixon not being held accountable for his crimes and Donald Trump and the pickle we find ourselves in presently. But a president can grant a blanket pardon. Ford did it for Nixon. I hereby pardon you for anything you did while you were in office. A pardon can also be secretly delivered. There is no rule, there is no law, there is no precedent, there's nothing in the Constitution that says for a presidential pardon to be valid, it must be announced publicly. No. Pardons can be secretly delivered, or what I have been calling for years, pocket pardons. The recipient can keep it in their back pocket unless and until they need to pull it out. And I don't know that I coined that phrase, but I did borrow from a phrase that we prosecutors use all the time. It's called pocket immunity. And all that is, is we get immunity for a witness. We keep it in our back pocket unless and until the witness invokes his or her Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination in a grand jury or at a trial. Then we pull that pocket pardon out and deliver it to extinguish the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Same principle with a pocket pardon. Rudy Giuliani may have one, which is probably why he went in to the January 6th committee and testified for nine hours without invoking his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, had a pocket pardon. But the bottom line here is pardons do not need to be made public in order to be valid. I wish that wasn't so. Pardons can only be delivered for past crimes not future crimes. So Donald Trump could have been drafting and handing out and selling, knowing Donald Trump, pardons right up until Joe Biden took the oath of office and became president of the United States. And at that moment, Donald Trump's pardon power is at an end. So he could have pardoned people for all past crimes. But the minute President Biden was sworn in, Donald Trump could not Pardon anybody for any future crimes. Another interesting aspect of the pardon power is accepting a pardon is some indication of guilt. The Supreme Court has said that accepting a presidential pardon carries with it an imputation of guilt. So I know if I ever went into court 
and was prosecuting, I don't know, Steve Bannon, and the topic of his prior presidential pardon became relevant to the litigation, uh, that, uh, a pardon that was issued by Trump that Steve Bannon readily accepted, and of course his federal case had to be dismissed, a federal case for stealing from Trump's supporters, you know, with his bogus We Build the Wall Foundation. Don't know if Steve Bannon had to pay back the Trump supporters that he stole from. Don't know if he split the, uh, uh, you know, the ill-gotten proceeds with Donald Trump. We have no reporting on any of that. Deep breath. Um, I would certainly argue if I were prosecuting Steve Bannon that he accepted a pardon and the Supreme Court has said that is some except that some admission of guilt. It carries with it an imputation of guilt. Don't know how a court would rule, but I would certainly say it would go to the weight of that evidence, not the admissibility of that evidence, one of our favorite catchphrases in criminal practice circles. And then one last open question, and it is of intense interest to us all because I'm sure Donald Trump delivered himself a pardon I mean, is there anybody who would bet even a nickel that he didn't write himself out a pardon? Should he need it when the time comes? And he will need it. Can a pardon president, uh, can a pardon, can a president pardon himself? I'm getting loopy at the end of this one, folks. There is no law. There is no precedent. The Supreme Court has never waded into the topic of can a president pardon himself. Most legal scholars believe a president cannot pardon themselves, but the courts have never answered that question. So there is no answer. You know, there is an Office of Legal Counsel memo. Oh, there's always an OLC memo, isn't there? Like that horrific one saying, you can't prosecute a sitting criminal president. Another deep breath. I hope you're still hanging with me, friends. Um, there's an OLC opinion from the Watergate era, summarily announcing a president can't pardon himself because no man can be the judge in his own case, period. No analysis, no citation to authority. It's a good idea for a healthy democracy that we take that position, but it's an open question. And if anybody tells you they can definitively answer the question whether a president can pardon himself or herself, they're not being straight with you because there is no answer. I do believe if it was taken into court and challenged, I believe the Supreme Court, even this Supreme Court, would rule that a president cannot pardon himself because if he could, he could do away with the Supreme Court. That's a video I've done in the past. I may be doing it again in the future depending on how the facts develop. But let me go back to court challenges because many of these things that we've been discussing, for example, um, Ford pardoning Nixon proactively before he was ever charged for any and all crimes, we don't know if that's lawful or not. We know it's been done, so there's historical precedent or what I often call atmospheric precedent because it's been done it is recorded in our nation's history, but a court didn't sanction it. A court didn't rule that that was a constitutional exercise of then President Ford's pardon power. 
That's why we have to go into court and challenge these things and get judicial opinions because we can sit back and say, well, we think, we don't know, we might lose, we doesn't matter. Get in the court and challenge it. Set some legal parameters, get some precedent, make the best arguments you have on behalf of the American people in a determination to protect our democracy and to deter presidential and high government official misconduct. Get in the court and do it. Because justice matters. Friends, I applaud you if you stayed to the end of this one. Um, and I appreciate you, uh, whether you made it to the end or not. Um, stay tuned because I think we're going to be hearing a lot about pardons that Donald Trump issued that will begin to magically appear when and if, I'm going to go with when, the Department of Justice starts indicting people for the insurrection and for the conspiracy to commit offenses against the United States by trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election. And as always, friends, please stay safe. Please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow.